ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is At The Helm Sports. I'm your host, Derek Helm. Thank you for joining me for episode 78. Please be sure to follow and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave those five-star reviews. Goes a long way towards getting us new listeners, especially on a major week. And speaking of majors, we are there. Third major of the year, U.S. Open. And tonight, I have Brian Kirshner from the Tap and Birdie podcast joining me. And we will be diving into the field and kind of going through our favorite plays and bets. So let's get right into it. All right. So joining me tonight, we have the host of the Tap In Birdie podcast and content provider over at Odds Checker, Brian Kirshner. How we doing? Derek, uh, pleasure to, to be joined by you tonight. Glad we could do this. Major weeks are always huge. Uh, we got a new course that we've never seen before. Uh, you know, we got some news in the golf world recently, so I, I'm very excited for this week. It should be a great one. Yeah, U.S. Open is always one of my favorites. You know, I, I had Kenny on before the PGA, and we, we were saying, you know, usually not too excited about the PGA. Did get a little excited for it this year, but the U.S. Open is just behind the Masters. It, it's definitely my my second favorite major, so excited to jump into that. And, and like you said, I mean, we got some crazy stuff going on in the world of golf, so I mean, we could start there. Really, there's still a lot of information that has to come out, but what what are your thoughts about that that merger? Yeah, I mean, I've never been a live guy. I've never really supported live. I've never been a huge fan of the golf. Um, so, you know, to have all this happen, you know, I don't feel great about it. I, I would rather like the Saudis not be involved in the PGA Tour. But, you know, that just is kind of what's happening in our country and just kind of what's happening in sports where they just have so much money that, they're able um, to just buy their way into things. So I'm against it, like morally. However, if this means that Brooks Kepka is going to be playing uh, the Genesis and Farmers and Waste Management and Cam Smith will be back at Raven TOC, I'm for it. And that is what I am most um, interested in. What I'm most looking forward to is getting these guys from live back on the PGA Tour and having the best golfers in the world play together more like we are seeing this week yeah i i absolutely agree with that you know it, it, it's it been fun just kind of only having them in the majors but like you said if we can get them on a week-to-week basis it, it definitely definitely helps the game and and helps dfs and betting get some better numbers on these guys but yeah I, I feel the same way you know not crazy about them them owning everything and Really, it looks like that might have just been their plan from the beginning is just put the PGA backs against the wall so that they they get what they want. That could have been their plan the whole time, possibly. Yeah, I I agree. Honestly, I think that this has always been kind of uh, their goal. And I think the more of the reason is that there's just so many like multimillionaires, big corporations involved in the PGA tour that this now opens it up to all of them, which is exactly what they want. And, you know, I don't need to get into the whole like sport washing thing and everything. It's just more sport washing. The PGA tour, J Mountain are enabling sport washing. They're enabling the Saturdays. Don't mean to go on a huge rant. Um, but yeah, that's just how I feel. And I'm never going to be okay with it, but um, you know, selfishly um, if we could get these guys in some PGA tour events, I'll, I'll, I'll forgive them, I guess. Yeah, if, if we get more golfers and more events and maybe they spend some money on some better coverage so we can see yep. some more shots, <laughs> I'm cool with that. 
Yes. All right, but yeah, like, like I said, there's still a lot of details. We don't even know if it's officially going to go through, so we we could touch on that on a later date. It is U.S. Open week, but quickly, I mean, what were what were your thoughts on the Canadian Open? That that was a crazy finish. I know you had the Tommy outright, yeah. right? So yeah, was- I honestly, I've had a pretty rough year in the outright betting market. You know, obviously, outright betting is very fickle. It's very random. Um, but like when you hit a few, you're like, you know, this could just go on forever. So I haven't had the best of years. Um, and then, you know, had Tommy, had Eric Cole, had Mark Hubbard, uh, you know, going into Sunday, you know, I really wasn't hopeful that Tommy could pull it out just given kind of his performances on Sundays recently, but, you know, shows up, birdies the first two holes, drills like a 40 footer for par on four. I'm like, okay, like maybe this can happen. And Nick Taylor just starts making everything he looks at Tommy was putting well as well, but Nick was just making everything he looked at. Um, and I was like, God, this guy, just not making any mistakes. Um, and then, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm not guaranteeing a birdie on 18. We got to get some insurance birdies coming down the stretch. Tommy does that. He like sacks up, throws his dart with the sand wedge, like just beautiful shots. And I'm like, all right, he's going into 18. And at that point, I pictured myself like posting a picture of the ticket, hitting an outright winner. I really thought he was going to birdie 18. I'm pacing around my, um, you know, den watching. And then they're showing the guys on 18. And then they're like, oh, and then they're going to have to wait even longer because Hubbard and Roy. And I'm like, oh, my God, he has to wait for another group. So that's when I was kind of a little bit worried when he really had to wait on the tee. It wasn't like he just had to wait for one group. And then, you know, just in typical loser, gutless fashion, fans went out to the right with a five iron. Colt No says, you know, I think he could get a five wood on this. I think he could get it up to the green, decides to lay up. Luckily, he made par, um, you know, and then had some putts to win it. That just didn't fall. But what I will say Um, It was definitely not one of my worst losses ever. Um, What I will say is that there were no putts. There was maybe one putt he should have made in the final round. He made a ton that he shouldn't have made. And that's what I always really look at. You know, if he missed a four footer to win the tournament on 18, okay, that's a horrible beat. If he, you know, missed a three footer, um, during the final round. Okay, yeah, that sucks. But he putted unbelievable. He made everything he looked at. Yeah, he didn't birdie the par fives, but he um, birdied a lot of holes he shouldn't have. Um, so tough week, but again, was not the most horrific outright I've ever been a part of. Yeah, I I actually almost bet Tommy as well. I ended up going on Burns, so I, that didn't work out very well. I mean, obviously didn't even make the cut. But yeah, I, I bet Tommy, I think, twice this year, and one was the Valspar. So know how that turned out also. But it's just, I, I almost put a live bet in him, on him a couple times, and I was just like, am I really going to bet Tommy to win? And just yeah. ended up not doing it. But like like you said, you know, usually we're, we're pissed off about the ones that they miss, and he clearly did make a lot to even even make that playoff. So, and and as far as the par fives go, I mean, he didn't play them well, but that eighteen really isn't a typical par five. That really was a strange setup, and especially for them to yeah. play a playoff on it so many times. Yeah, and it's not like you just fucking get a birdie. Like it's not like you just pull up to eighteen and they just hand you a birdie. You still have to hit the shots. Yep. Um. So that's where it's like, okay, I wasn't like 
this is an automatic birdie. It's over. And he only birded it once in the playoff. And that was the one time he hit the fair when he had to make like a, you know, a 30 footer, not a 30 footer, like a 15 footer. So again, it's fine. Got a little hedge in hit Cole with an each way would have liked the full three grand, but whatever. It's, it's really not uh, that big a deal. Hopefully we can hit a winner this week. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hit, the uh the Hubbard each way he that birdie yeah. on eighteen actually got it for me so that, that was nice and I actually had Cole top thirty wish I would have put that a little bit higher yeah. but it wasn't a bad week but it, it was a good tournament great finish you know Nick yeah Taylor, I, I enjoyed it I enjoyed it I enjoyed the course um I liked how it played I'm glad it didn't get too under par um just kind of a, a random tangent but Vegas is just uh, like unbelievable with these lines. Uh, they set it at 17 and a half. And I, I pointed it out because I'm like, yo, like everyone, like Jeff Feinberg is on my pod. He was like, I think they're going to get to like 25 under, blah, 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 all this stuff. Everyone's talking up, birdie fest, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yo, I trust Vegas. Um, and the same thing happened at the PGA. Everyone was like, this is an extremely tough course, blah, blah, all this stuff. Like, and they set it at nine and a half and it was nine. So I trust I am no longer trying to predict winning scores. Whatever Vegas tells me, that is what the winning score is most likely to be. So I'm looking forward to their um, prop basically this week about the U.S. Open because I will be taking that into account for certain. Yeah, definitely should, especially, you know, a a course that we haven't seen before. And this is what people are here for. It's major week. So let's move into it. Obviously, new course, LACC, Los Angeles Country Club. It's it's going to be really, really interesting. You know, it's fun on weeks where we've never seen the place before, but now you throw a major into it, and and it's crazy. But the setup here is, is pretty cool. You know, five par threes, three par fives, ten par fours, and then a lot of these holes are really, really unique in the way that they can be set up. You know, you have seven and 11, those those huge par threes measuring over 280 yards. The 15th hole is listed at 124, but could play as short as 75 yards, slender green there. I mean, it's going to be really, really interesting to the way they set this up on a day to day basis. It it could play completely different. Yeah, I you know, it hasn't been a while since we've had a major at a course that we've never seen before like harding park i know but they played pga tour courses like there so uh aaron hills i I think was the last time we had a major that never hosted any sort of pga tour course before and i think another thing you know i think you touched on it and everyone's talking about it is this is an extremely unique and nuanced course that is unlike any course these guys play on the PGA tour. So we've never seen it in professional golf play. It's extremely unique and not straightforward. So again, it's kind of tough to know exactly how this course is going to play. Um, I have some friends that are at the course scoping it out, getting some insight from them, but yeah, I don't think this is just uh, you know, straightforward, typical U S open. Like we know it's coming. I think it's going to be, uh pretty interesting and again like i said it's a very nuanced course yeah yeah and you know it's 7400 yard ish but it's probably going to play a little bit shorter than that bermuda grass fairways and rough bent grass greens 
you know, it's probably going to be really, really firm and fast. So I, I, I wouldn't say that distance is a must. You know, you're going to get a lot of rollout, especially on these fairways. And we probably won't see the typical U.S. open deep, deep rough. But if you've seen those videos already, I don't think it needs to be too deep because these balls are disappearing in that rough. So we're still going to get it's going to be very penal if you're not hitting these fairways and, and they're heavily undulated and sloped. So I, I do think accuracy might actually matter a little bit more than distance off the tee this, this week. Yeah, I, I agree. And I do think that this is again, this is not a winged foot. This is not a Tory Pines, but it's still a little hard for me to. When you look at the past winners of the U.S. Open since Jordan Spieth, uh, we have DJ, Brooks Twice, John Romp, Bryson DeChambeau, Matt Fitzpatrick, and Gary Woodland. All of those are bombers. All of those are elite off the tee. All of those are above average driving distance. Like It's very hard for me, even with the course, to fully think that those guys are not going to have a massive advantage and that, you know, a Russell Henley like Tom Kim, I'm not saying uh, people think they can win, but it's still a little hard for me to get over looking at the past, whatever, seven winners of this event and not thinking it's going to be a beefy bomber. Um, and so it's, it's really tough to kind of gauge again. We just don't know how this is going to play out exactly. Yeah, I, I just think in the modern day of golf, distance is definitely going to be an advantage regardless of where we're playing. And and one of the other things, too, with this, if it's, it's going to be really firm and fast, is a lot of the guys that have distance have high ball flight, too. So it, it might be a, a little bit easier for them to stick these greens, too. Not not just distance off the tee, but, yeah. you know, it, if, if you're hitting an approach shot and, and you got that high ball flight, might be a little bit easier to hold these greens, stay out of these bunkers. The the rough looks insane around the bunkers and around the greens. So it's definitely going to be a test of every facet of the game. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I again, it's it's probably going to be someone that it is an amazing driver, amazing iron player, specifically long iron play, in my opinion, at least, um, and a great chipper and putter. So again, it, it's probably. The winner is probably going to be guys that have been contending in majors. That is kind of what I'm looking at this week. That is kind of my biggest um, thing. It's just like the guys that keep playing well in majors just keep doing it. And I don't really see any reason to hop off them. I completely agree. And we might as well get right into it. So if we look at the DraftKings pricing, obviously Scotty 11-4. Pretty, pretty pricey, but for good reason First on approach, first off the tee, first around the green, first in bogey avoidance over the last 50 rounds. The guy has just been putting on a tee to green clinic. If he just can putt as well as me in the tournament, which isn't saying much, he's probably running away with a lot of these things. So I do think he'll be the highest owned up here and for good reason. I mean, we see a lot of times the, these very, very fast undulating greens kind of even the playing field for the the putting. So uh, I'm definitely going to be playing quite a bit of Scotty and I probably won't be alone. Yeah, I think he's he's honestly the definition of a free square. Um, like I just I truly do not see a world in which he's not in the top ten. Um, he will be there on Sunday, whether or not he'll win, um, I don't know. But there's no way he's not going to be 
in this tournament. Now, the the real decision is that it's not easy to build if you pick Scotty. It is not like you're going to get a lineup that you feel amazing with. Um, he does make it. So I, I applaud DraftKings for that because at 11-4, like, unless you are, you know, willing to play, like, Davis Thompson or like Sam Steve, like there's just not a lot of amazing options in the low to mid six K range to get a lot of good guys in and play Scotty. So I applaud DraftKings because if you're playing Scotty, it's not like, okay, I could just build this good lineup. You're going to have to make some calls. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. I mean, that, that six K range is going to be rough and we know the, the cut equity here is it's always yeah. rough at the U S open. So getting six to sixes through is hard enough. Those balance builds are going to look pretty good compared to Scotty builds, but yeah, it's definitely a decision. Like you said, it seems like a free square. So it it's, it's going to be interesting this week. And I, I do like that dynamic. Now Rom's not much cheaper than him. 11, one, maybe lost a little bit of luster since the masters, but definitely struck the ball better recently didn't really look too good with the the putter at Memorial, but that could be a one week thing. We have seen him lose the putter for a couple weeks here and there over the past couple years, but I, I do like Rom as well. But I also like Kepka, and it's going to be tough to to fit all these guys in the player pool. It's it's tough. I mean, I personally, I it's a little tough for me because again, I think Scotty is the safest by far option of all of them. I personally prefer Brooks over Rom this week. I'm not the biggest Brooks guy in the world. Um, I thought he would be a little bit hungover from the PGA win. Um, reports from the ground is that he was absolutely flushing it, was tearing the place apart. Um, I think it's tough for people to go back to back. You know, I always point this out. Like the person who wins the last major usually doesn't play well in the next major. They really don't. Um, That's true. If you go back, um, Rom at the PGA did not play well. Cam Smith at the Masters didn't play too well. Um, if you go back, I don't have the stats off the top of my head. Recently, they haven't played well. I think Brooks can kind of buck that trend. In my opinion, I'm playing zero John Rom this week. I'm not interested in John Rom. Um, I think he got his major this year. Um, I'm sure I'm sure this is a great course for him, but I would just rather pay up for Scheffler. And if I didn't want to start with Scheffler, but I still wanted to take someone up top, um, I would play Brooks over Rom, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm leaning that way as well. Still got some time, obviously. It's still early to make that decision, but that that's the way I'm leaning. Just Brooks at a US Open. It's especially after seeing what he did at the PGA, it, it's hard to go away from him. And if I'm going to be playing both Scotty and Brooks, really can't afford a lot of these other guys, which is scary because Cantlay, you know, maybe hasn't been playing the greatest golf recently, but I, I definitely think that that he could play well here. 10-3 is not a terrible price for him. Hovland, who knows? I mean, that that win at Memorial could open the floodgates and, and he could be on his way to, to win in his first major. And I do think he's going to be pretty popular here. I, I do worry a little bit. He's improved the around the green game, obviously. And especially at the majors, it, it's looked better. But with how high his ownership is and just how, you know, a lot of these around the green shots aren't just going to be easy chips. Some are going to be from deep rough. Some are going to be on the runoffs and you're going to be in, in short grass. It's 
you're going to have to do a lot of different things. And I, I think that might bite him in the ass a little bit. I, I personally, um, you know, it's, it's a big decision for me, like who I'm going to bet. I have to put out articles going back and forth. I am 100% in on Hovland this week. Like he is my pick to win. He is who I'm playing in DraftKings. Um, I just honestly think this is an amazing course for him. And like I said at the beginning, I just want to play guys that have been playing well in majors. And the past three majors, he's either played in the final group or the second final group, top seven in all of them. Um, And this is a guy that everyone's been waiting for the big win. Everyone's been waiting for the major. And it's just like, why not now? Why not on a course that has so many long irons? He's one of the best long iron players in the field. He's the best bent putter in the field. He's just an amazing putter on bent grass grades. We saw it at the PGA. We saw it at the Memorial. We saw it at Augusta. And it's just like he's $10,000. He's 18 to one. Other than the fact that he just won his last start and the around the green game is shaky, which I think it's vastly improved. I don't see a reason why I wouldn't play and bet Hobland. Like I just, I love him this week and maybe it's a little bit of FOMO because I missed out on him at the Memorial, but I'm 1000% in on Hobland this week. Yeah, I, I get it. I, I hit him at the memorial, and I think that's maybe why I'm I'm trying to make a case against him because I do want to play a lot of the guys above him. So I, I, I think I might be picking at straws there. I, I kind of do wish that I took, you know, the 22s or, or something and made the yeah. bet on him, and then it would make fading him a little bit more yep. palatable. But it, it's yeah. going to be a decision I'm going to have to I'm, make. I, I, I'm curious. I don't know if anyone's put out any ownership yet. But I would be curious to see if people are going to just be like, nope, I'm playing Hoblin. Like, this is a great course for him. He's been doing it in the majors. Or if people are going to be like, ah, he just won. He got his big win. Maybe it's a little bit of a letdown. I hope people think that it's a little bit of a letdown. But I do not know how the general public is going to think of Hoblin this week. I, I think most people, if they're not starting with Scotty, yep. will actually go to Hovland. It's yep. just you got fourteen hundred dollars less for him, and it's. I, I do think, as of right now, I mean, obviously, it's still very early. A lot of this is going to change. So, Fantasy National has him at sixteen point four percent, and in actual lineup generation, he's at twenty five percent. Yeah. So I, I really, I, I, I don't know. I, I'll be curious to see what people do with Hovland, but just in terms of like, who do I think is going to win this tournament? Um, who am I betting? It's Hovland. Like I just, it's, it's Hovland for me. And I, I'm not, you know, kind of a, a Hovland guy, but I just think this is sets up really well. And it kind of reminds me of Scotty at the masters when he won, um, he just won his last start. He was 18 to one. Everyone knew he was going to win a major and now he just goes out and does it. So yeah, I love Hovland. Yeah, I, I could definitely see it. And as I said, I'm, I'm really just trying to make cases against some of these guys because we can't play them all. And another guy I'm going to fade. I, I wish he played a little bit better yesterday is Rory. I just, I do think he could come out here and win 9,900 below 10,000. I, I do think that's a great price for him, but there's just other guys around here that I, I would rather play. He he sprays it a little bit too much off the tee, and I, I think that could be a problem here. If you're not hitting these fairways and, and you get a little bit too far off course, 
you're going to have an uphill battle. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think the price is, is wrong on Roy. I think it's a misprice by DraftKings. Um, you know, this is still a guy that's, you know, won over 20 times on the PGA Tour and has still a pretty good major record, um, even though he hasn't won one yet. Uh, I think it's a misprice, but I, I don't know if I'm really going to get there um, with Rory. But I, I just uh, DraftKings just messed up with the price, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. As far as Xander goes, I mean, I'll let you touch on Xander on your thoughts, because no matter what I do, I get him wrong. I, I, I fade him. He wins two in a row and I, I play him and he, he misses the cut. So, yeah. I don't know. I like I think Xander has always kind of had this reputation as just like an amazing major um player. And the results recently haven't been, you know, unbelievable. Like not a lot of contending, just a lot of top 20 finishes, which is, you know, still impressive, but never was in contention at any point um in the last six majors that he played in. So He's amazing at the U.S. Open. I think his his you know his ceilings like pretty high. I really don't think that he's gonna miss the cut or anything. But he's someone that I'm not playing. I'm not betting. I'm just kind of taking a pass on Xander and kind of just seeing what he has in store because he's not someone I'm I'm dying to play or uh, or go after this week. Yeah, that that's kind of my thoughts too. I mean, he's. He's almost more of a cash game player than he is a GPT. Yeah. It's, yeah. you know, you know, he's going to be safe. If, if, if I'm betting on one guy to top 10, it's him. But if I'm betting on someone to win, I'd rather the three guys below him. And then Homa, I actually have made an outright on, you know, it hasn't played great at majors, but I, I do think if he's going to win one, I think this is a setup that he probably could have his best chance. So I, I'm probably just going to ride with the outright. I don't know if I'm going to play him in DraftKings. I didn't get the 50 that a lot of people got as far as the future, but I took him at 30. I, I do think it's a good course for him. I heard someone make a case against him saying it's not POA, so he can't putt, but that's clearly not the case considering it's Bankrass and he won Farmers, Fort, Fortinet, and uh, Wells Fargo, those are all bent grass. So I, I, I do like home as the outright. I don't know if I'm going to get their DraftKings wise though. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see what people do. I think after Tory and after um, Genesis, where he um, contended, I think people were like really high on him for the U.S. Open. And now I don't know if people are going to be super high on him. Like I don't know if maybe the casuals um, that come out to play for the U.S. Open are going to play him, but I feel like. A- a lot of people are just kind of like, okay, we were high on him a few months ago, but now um, he still hasn't shown it in the majors and the form is decent. Um, so they're just going to be out. So I'll be curious to see what his ownership um, is. I think it, it will probably be squeezed a little bit because of all the popularity that Spieth and, and Cam Smith, in my opinion, are getting and going to get. I think they're going to be very highly owned. In my opinion, I think Spieth and Cam are going to be 17 18 percent this week yeah i could see that De- uh, definitely with spieth cam maybe a little bit less but i i love the two of them that's another i made an outright on spieth got him at 32 uh i, yeah, love I bet him that last here. night yeah um, it, i i love this setup for him i i really really think that he could do some damage here you know been playing really well recently Looks like the wrist is is in the rear view mirror, not really an issue. 
fifth place at Memorial, gained over 10 strokes. T to green, he's gained strokes on approach in 10 of his last tournaments, so striking the ball really, really well. We know the around the green game magic that he has, and I actually think, you know, you said Cam Smith and, and Spieth. I might start a ton of lineups with the two of them, and and you got a ton of money left. You could do a lot with that. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I haven't reached a full conclusion on them. I think that people are thinking that this is maybe a not typical U.S. Open. It's a little bit wide open off the tee. Got to have a good around the green game. I'm with all that. I do worry, again, like I said at the beginning of the show, of like just the sheer length of this course. And some of these par fours are so long. And neither of them are great long iron players. They're just not like compared to some of the elites. So that worries me. But I do think like the it's in terms of US Open venues these set up really well for them compared to obviously, you know, a uh Wingfoot or Tory or something like that. I think they're good fits. Um, you know, I I have to make a decision on them, but I I in my opinion, looking at it this week, no ownership out. They're both going to be above 16%. I think people are going to play them. Yeah, most likely. And, you know, made a case against Rory for spraying it off the tee. That's always a concern with Cam Smith, too. The rest yeah. of the game and, is incredible. But Spieth but... has been unbelievable off the tee. Yeah, yep, that's where so I was going. so good off the tee where it's kind of like, it's not even, oh, well, it's like, no, I think Spieth is unbelievable off the tee. I, and, I, and he's even gained a little length, too. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I really do. I just worry about the long iron game. That's that's from what I've heard about the course. If you're not a great long iron player, you're boned. And these par threes, people are like, oh, it's not playing 290, it's playing 230. It's like, okay, that's still a long par three. These guys are going to have a lot of long irons in their yeah. hands. And I, again, they're they're great golfers. You know, they we always get so caught up in what they can and can't do. Um, like, I, again, just off my small, like, thoughts, like, I want I want Cam Smith a bunch Cam Smith with a bunch of wedges in his hand. Can Cam Smith hit a five iron to three feet? Yeah, he can, but I still prefer him with a bunch of minute uh with a bunch of wedges. So it's tough for me to kind of make that call about how I truly feel about them this week. Yeah, and I, I mean that's definitely valid that the long irons, but if if we're not in a birdie fest, maybe a couple more missed greens than the field with how good they're around green around the green game is they, they can make up for it possibly. Yeah. It's, it's a possibility. Now we said these guys are going to be pretty high owned Two that, that aren't right around them. Colin Morikow and Fitzpatrick are, if you, if you're looking to play a big GPP, they're probably 10%, probably less. And I'm fine going to Morikow. I'm not worried about the back Fitzpatrick can't play all these guys. I'm probably going to pass them up and watch them win again, but that's where I'm at on those two. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, again, we, you know, I'm fine in GPPs. Like, play, like I played Morikawa at uh, the PGA. I played Spieth at the PGA. They were both, like, sub, like, 10%, and they were fine. They were okay. Um, but, yeah, I, I have no problem, like, kind of pivoting off of them if everyone is going to play Spieth and, and Cam. But it's it's tough for me. But what do you think about Hatton? You think Hatton will be – I just going off it, putting on my just – you know, quick look at the board, like see what's going on. Like not much done to it. Hatton at 89, like seems free. Like it just seems like it can make a lot of lineups work. He's been extremely consistent and in my, it's a misprice in my opinion. 
Um, and no one's going to be playing Finau or JT. So I would assume that he is going to be very popular, right? I, I think so. And for me, I think that's going to determine if I play him or not is how popular he actually gets. Cause he, I, I agree that he should be up probably like nine, four, probably above Morikawa. I would say maybe even above yeah. Homa with the way yeah, he's Hatton, is, Hatton is a better golfer than Max Homa. Like right Absolutely. now, it's not even a question. And another concern though, is those, those long irons. He's not the best. He's not terrible, but he, he's yeah. really not. 103rd in the field over the last 50 rounds from over 271st. So kind of middle of the packish 175 to 200. So I'm probably letting ownership dictate that. As far as Justin Thomas goes, I mean, it's what the hell is wrong with that guy? Yeah, I'm, I'm complete. I'm always out on Finau in majors and in big fields. Like I just am. And like, I, I think people are maybe realizing this. Um, I'm a 1 million percent wouldn't touch Fina with the 10 foot pole. JT, I, I, you know, like I'm, I'm not a JT guy. I'm not betting him. I'm not going to play him, but I I don't think it's like the absolute worst play in the entire world. Um, but again, people just keep betting him because his price is going, um, up and he's not doing anything to make them think that anything's going to change. So it's a bit tough with JT. Yeah, abs- absolutely. I mean, it's and it's it's weird, too, because it's not like Finau just looks completely lost. You know, he he won in Mexico and just hasn't played well since, really. Whereas Thomas has flashes. He, you know, he'll birdie a couple holes in a row and you're like, oh, JT's back. And then all of a sudden it's it's a double or, or just a terrible, terrible bogey that he shouldn't have had. And it's like, what the hell was that? Yeah, so, it, it's tough. Um, with those two, I'm not even really out on Finau because of the form. Like, I just think he just doesn't show up in designated events and majors. Um, so that's really my biggest concern with Finau. Um, but it, it's tough for me to get to either of uh, those two this week. Yeah, I, I do love Decky though. I, I also have an outright on him 46 to 1. He's played a lot better since the injury concerns earlier in the year. Came 16th at, at what was that? The memorial and yeah, was, and he was leading the tournament for a yeah, little yep. bit. Like, the, yeah, yeah, Saturday just yeah, I had an outright on him there too, and he got to ten under and then just fell apart. But he's been great at U.S. Opens, fourth, twenty sixth, seventeenth, twenty first, sixteenth, and second place are his last six U.S. Opens. Only, yeah, I, only I like Decky. I like Decky. I think he's a good DFS play. I don't know how popular he'll be, but. I'm this is kind of like if I don't play Hatton, this is kind of like a dead zone for me. Like this isn't I'm like from like yeah, 88, 88 to like um 8k. Like the only people I would play would be Day or Decky. Everyone else I would be out on and kind of go into the more uh 7k range, honestly. Yeah, we, we can probably skip down to the sevens because really, I mean, I'll I'll play Decky, I'll play a little bit of Dustin Johnson. I just a little bit in that first round of the PGA. I kind of liked what I saw. 8,300 for, for his history at, at U.S. Opens. I, I think that's fine, and I don't think he's going to be too highly owned. But the rest of these guys, I don't know if I could get there. Just day, I could see it, but I, I don't know if I want to do that. And then I'm probably not playing any of these other guys. Not going to play Tommy, I don't think. 
probably down to Joaquin Neiman. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 fine on on all of those. Um I think Cora Counters can play well. I, I don't really see a lot of miscut. I don't think he's gonna miss the cut. I, I, I think a lot of people like I, I like Rose is a misprice, in my opinion. Um he's yeah. gonna be popular, right? Yeah. I mean, there's no way he's not he, gonna Yeah, be. he has to be with the way he's been playing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean in my like I love Rose this week. Like I think Rose has a, a good chance to top ten. I, I really do. Um, but you know, he's gonna be super high on. But again, that doesn't really turn me off all the time. I think Rose is a great play. Uh always like Keegan. Uh he's always good in majors. Uh top second at Tory. Um, and then kind of three players I think are gonna be very popular with all 75 are Ricky. Wyndham and Scott. So where would you rank those three in order for you? Uh, for me, I, I, I'm usually not a Ricky guy, but I kind of do lean Ricky this week. And then I want to say Scott, but I don't think Clark's going to get a lot of ownership. So if it in yeah. a bubble, in a bubble, I would say Scott for DraftKings, I'm going to lean Windy C. Yeah, I, I like Windy C. Honestly, I, I you know he this is someone that people are betting at the Genesis. This is a guy that has played well in California. He went to Oregon, um, and you know you pull up the the strokes gain stats, and it's like, oh, this guy is like above like a lot of people yep. on just like full um, strokes gain. Like he's just been playing unbelievable, and he played well at. Um, Played well at the Memorial. 12th of the Memorial, gained in every single category. Great driver, great putter. Um, you know, let people down at the PGA. I think that was kind of just like a bad spot for him. But I, I like yeah. all of them. I'm playing all of them. I like Windy C. I'll be playing him as maybe I'm hoping his ownership is low so I could play some of these higher owned guys that I like. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And then skipped over Bryce, and I I will play some of him. I actually do have an outright on him now. Anyone that listens to this podcast knows that I just am a Bryson guy from back in the day from him winning me a shit ton of money. So that's always mandatory. I got him at 66 with the top six each way. So I do like that. I I don't think he can necessarily bomb and gouge this place to death, but he looked better at the PGA with his irons. I I think it's worth a shot, especially if he's coming in a little bit lower owned. And and he is a a very good putter on Bentgrass as well. And yeah, I, I... Sorry, yeah, I don't I don't understand like some people are saying like this isn't a good course fit for Bryson. Like I don't, you know, totally see that. I think he can play more than fine. I think he's he's pretty live uh this week. And again, he's at a pretty good price. Um, because when you look at it, he's the one that's other than Rose, that's actually contended in the PGA, which again, I think is gonna be huge. I, I just I just think that guys that have major championship experience are just gonna play a lot better this week. Yeah, definitely, definitely what you want to lean on. And then speaking of which, Pat, Patrick Reed, I'll, I'll play a little bit of him. 7,500, I don't think is a bad price for him. You know, you're not making statistical cases for him, especially coming over from live. There's not many statistics to go off of, but I, I think Reed in a major is, is always a thing. 7,500, not a bad price for him. Yeah, good at the last two majors. Um, yeah, I, I really, I think it's a, a pretty good, Play. I would hope that like live and everything would keep their ownership down, but I, I would play Reed honestly if he, if he was low owned because again like I like I'm playing Hovland like 
I probably play one of Spieth Cam and I, I want to play Hatton because I just feel like he's free. And I, 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 so I'm going to need to get some low on guys in there. So we'll have to see about that. So, I mean, this is really where a lot of decisions are, are going to have to be made, especially if you're playing guys up top, probably don't want to dip too far into the sixes. So who do you like down here in the lower seven range? I like Fox. I really like Fox. Um, I think that he is a very talented golfer. I, I followed DP World Tour. Um, he's going to be on the the PGA Tour come this year. But yeah, Ryan Fox is a very good golfer, and he's a fucking bomber. He absolutely nukes it off the tee. And again, I just think that's going to be a massive advantage this week. So I really like Fox. Um you know, I I pretty sure Gary Woodland can make the cut. Um, I think Denny McCarthy is is probably gonna miss the cut, to be honest. Um, I just it just seems like too many things going in his direction, and I think he's just a little bit too popular. So if Denny McCarthy has any ownership, I'm more than willing to fade him. I don't think he's gonna play the weekend, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, coming that close to the win and not getting it. That, that can fuck with a guy's head too. So, yeah, I just like, I just, again, there's no data behind this. I just think like a popular Denny McCarthy at a major, it's not yeah. going to turn out well for whatever yeah, yep. reason. He, like, I don't know why. Again, no data behind this. He never plays well when you like think he's going to play well. It's like, oh, yeah, let's get yeah, Denny absolutely. on like a, let's get Denny on like a short positional course where you got to make a lot of birdies like the travelers of the RBC and he misses the cut at both. And then he's like top 10 at Memorial and the U S open. So I don't think Denny makes sense this week, like to the average fan, but I think he's just getting a little bit uh, too much buzz, but I could be completely wrong on that. No, I, I agree. I've heard a lot of people talking him up already. And I, I do think after the finish at the Memorial and, and with his price, that's going to be the case. And you're absolutely right. I played a shit ton of him at the Charles Schwab. He misses the cut and then comes out and yeah. second place at the Memorial. Yeah. Um, yeah. It doesn't make too much sense. I, I don't know why he is uh, that way, but yeah, like going down a little bit, like into the, the seven K and like high sixes, like there's not a lot of super attractive options uh i'll always play hayden buckley um because i just think that he's an elite not elite golfer but he's gonna make the cut he hasn't he has a skill set that can set him apart you know he's an unbelievable driver of the ball uh top 14 at the u.s open last year um top 30 at the pga i like him and i like patrick rogers I, that's probably a losing proposition to trust patty raj in a major but why the hell not he's a california guy he's an elite golfer i mean he's he's not an elite golfer but like he's good like he's not bad at golf so i would play him at 69 yeah no i'm i'm fine with that down in these sixes there's not a lot of guys you can make a case for i i don't mind him still in in the lower sevens here i do like the ryan fox call and I actually like Siwoo Kim quite a bit. Hasn't played well yeah. at, at U.S. Opens, but has been playing really well recently. A lot more consistent than he has been in the past. Two top five finishes over the last month. So I, I, I like him quite a bit. And I'm I'm willing to take a chance on Justin Suh and Eric Cole, just with how well they've been playing. You know, probably not a lot of them. I'll probably just interchange them in, in, in a couple lineups and have a little bit of them. 
Yeah, I what like both of your... them. I like Cole. I like Cole. What are your thoughts on Sergio? Because this is another guy that, you know, he, he's no. basically. Yeah. No. I, no, he's been awful in major since he won the Masters. Yep. Yep. And I mean, it's a guy that just has continually, continually burned me anytime I have played him. So, yeah, I would I would be out on Sergio, in my opinion. Yeah, that that's that's where I'm pretty much leaning. It's just it's it's like that ex-girlfriend that that you keep going back to i just when I did you like hit him like what what positive memories of, of sergio oh no it's, it's it's been a long time but that okay. that's it's just kind of been a, a running joke with a, another one of my buddies on the podcast too like we just every time we play sergio he hurts us so we say we're never playing him again and then we go back to it hoping it's gonna happen and he just hurts us again so um i, I don't want to interrupt the pod but um the same Vegas guy, Jeff Sherman, came out with the winning whole prop for the U.S. Open, and it is at eight and a half. So it's okay. One, so it's at one stroke lower than it was for the PGA. So yeah, I okay. I agree. I would say the winner's probably minus eight. I, yeah, I, I, I don't think it will be much higher than that. Yeah, I could definitely see that, and I mean, I could I could see it being eight or nine. Yep. And only like maybe two guys being there and maybe the rest, yeah. you know, two two guys kind of running away with it and maybe the rest around like four or five. Yeah, because there are some birdie holes like yeah. looking like Oak Hill, like in my opinion, there weren't a lot of birdie holes like there weren't no. a lot of. OK, like the first hole, these guys are going to rip it apart. There's a, there's a drivable four. Um, It's not really drivable, but like they'll, they'll score on it. And then there's some shorter fours um that these guys are gonna have wedges into they're big greens these guys are so good like i agree like but there are also a lot of holes that you could make double on but i i think that there are more birdie holes than there were at oak hill in my opinion yeah i i absolutely agree and we touched on it before you know that the way that they can set up some of these holes from day to day, you know, one hole might be a scoring hole and then the next day, maybe it's not. So that's going to be a big part of it too, is the strategy here is, is when to go for it and when to maybe just take your medicine and move on to the next one. Yeah, no, I agree. So as far as the, the rest of the sixes go, not really crazy about too many guys. I do like the Patrick Rogers call. Other than that, though, I'm probably not going to be down here too much. If I'm going to be playing some of those guys at the top, though, I don't know. Mackenzie Hughes randomly shows up 6,700, maybe not terrible. Sebastian Munoz used to be good from time to time. So maybe maybe something like that. But I really don't like a, a, a lot down here. What do you think about Sam Stevens? I've been hearing his name a lot, but I'm not sure I like him at this setup. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I think it's a little bit early in his career to like kind of know exactly what like course he's going to play well at. So, I'd probably be out, but I mean, in terms of like proving it, I'm not that he's proven it on the PGA Tour, but at least someone that's like shown upside on the PGA Tour, $6600 is the same price as like Patrick Harrington, like yeah, like it makes sense. Um, but I like um I'm going to play this guy for sure. But I'm going to play Adam Shank. I think this is a misprice. Okay. Um, second at the Charles Schwab, seventh at the Memorial. I like him in difficult conditions. He was poking his head at Torrey uh, last year. Totally could miss the cut. But I think it's – I just don't – I don't really agree with his price, and I, I think he could make the cut. So I'm in on Adam Shank this week. 
I, I like that call. I'm glad you brought it up. I honestly didn't. Did he win a qualifier? Or because I I didn't even. I know think he, he just got in because he's in the top fifty in the world now. Okay. Yeah. For yeah. some reason, I didn't. I must have skipped over him completely. I I actually like that call. He's he's been playing pretty well lately. Seventh at yeah. Memorial, second at the Charles Schwab. That's definitely a name that's getting a star. I, I like that. Yeah, I like it. I'm gonna play. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna play Shank. And like again, if you start with Scotty Shank, you have seventy nine hundred dollars. Like that's you not could, bad. You know, that's not really that uh, bad. Like I don't think you can play like Hovland um, with that. I guess you could. I guess you could. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'll, I'll have a Shank Scheffler Hovland lineup this week. There you that go. Is, that is for certain. Maybe to get a little bit different, I'll, I'll see if I can fit a. Uh... Brooks, Scotty, and Shane. Yeah, yeah, that would be pretty tight. But um, yeah, it def- it definitely be yeah. tight. But- and also, like just six k, like what, like Pablo, uh, Lazarabal, he's good. He's good at golf. This guy wins on the DP World yeah, Tour. Yep. Um, I, you know, I'd have to hear some reports from the ground, but uh, I think he can make the cut. I think I think Pablo is a good enough golfer. He's making a, a Ryder Cup charge. So yeah, I, I like Pablo. I like Pablo at sixty six. And, and in a lot of tournaments too, you know, just making the cut isn't gonna do it for you. But in, in a U.S. Open, if there's not a ton of birdie opportunities, it might just be placement points. And getting six to six through might be that big of an advantage. Really, that might be all you need from some of these guys down here is making the cut. Yeah. I agree. Um, I think uh, I think he's got some pretty good, uh, pretty good upside. So I'm I'm in on him this week. All right. And anybody else down here? No, I think Pablo would be the lowest I would go. All right. You you got any outrights you've made so far? Yeah. So I've 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 I haven't. I'm betting Hobland. I'm just waiting for some numbers. I want to see what bookmaker does. Um, but at 18 to one, I'm in on Hoblin betting Hoblin. I bet Adam Scott at 90 to one. That was on Caesars. Um, that was just, they like, it was just a wrong price. Um, yeah, absolutely. He was, he was like, he was like 50 on some other books. He's somewhere in between, but Adam Scott's been playing great. I know I didn't talk about him too much, but he's kind of just been like popping in like two out of the three major categories. And I think he's just due to put it all together. Uh, like a memorial 4.3 off the tee, 5.9 putting Byron, uh, six strokes putting like average ball striking Wells 4.5 on approach 5.3 putting. Like he's been playing great. He's not the best major player. You know, I wish he, you know, was the best major player, but uh, T14 at last year's U.S. open T30 at the PGA. Uh, why not? Uh, I really like Adam Scott 90 to one with the each way um, top 10. Um, I really like Scott this week too. So, and then I bet speed, but I never like to do it, but I might cash out speed, but I have to see because there's not really that many guys I want to bet. So I might just ride it, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's nothing much right now. I really just have um, Hovland speed and Adam Scott. It, it's funny. Usually a major week, I'm coming down to Wednesday night at 10 o'clock and, and filling out my card. But I, I basically have my card built already. I, I I went home at 30. I got Spieth at 32. I got Decky at 46. And then Bryson 
66 with the top six each way. Yeah, I mean, you. I don't know if you try and like to sh- structure your outright card. Yep. In any way to like return seven X or whatever. Yeah, so that's but you, basically what I yeah. do is is yeah, three, so three, un, three unit outlay and and trying to get back somewhere around twenty twenty one. So yeah. I, I I yeah I have room for someone probably in that twenty five to yeah thirty ish range. Yeah, but there I like there's not a lot of like great like options. No. Like I always just like go through the board and I just like I'm like yeah I'm not betting these people. So like there's not really that many people I'm even open to betting so it's just kind of tough um for me to kind of pull the trigger like i i i've been betting cantley and i really wouldn't want to see him win but he's not someone i'm I'm super concerned about winning i, I think my biggest fomo and it doesn't count um would i really don't want scotty to win scotty would be yeah. I, I would be really upset if scotty won yeah, and and it's terrifying because there's definitely a very strong possibility that he does. Yeah, I'm just hoping the run continues of him just like putting horribly but hitting the ball great and yeah. him finishing third. Like that is yeah. what I'm T- yep. for. Yep, T T three and and good job, Scotty. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. I agree. All right, but I think that's going to do it for this one. Thank you for joining, Brian. Greatly appreciated. Let let them know where they can find you. Yeah, if you want, you can follow me on Twitter, Brian Kirshner underscore. Uh, I really just like tilt my golfers and like tweet stupid stuff, try and be funny. And then I do my podcast, Happen Birdie, Tuesday nights. Um, I like to have my friends on. We talk golf. Uh, you know, we try and make people laugh. Uh, it's not super serious. And uh, I'm having Andy Lack on this week. So, um, yeah, it should be a good show. And I appreciate you having me on. I enjoy talking golf with you. And I, I wish you the best of luck with your lineups and bets this week same to you i I think we can have a good one i i think uh i had kenny on and we both hit brooks kepka so i mean if if you want to keep that speed maybe we hit that yeah we keep yeah keep I, I, I yeah i can't it's hard for me to cash out bets, so i, I <laughs> yeah, shouldn't yeah. for my I think own i've only sanity. done it once and it's yeah, yeah it's not fun when you're sweating you that yeah so yeah i'll probably keep that and then See, but I, honestly, I, I like to be seven X. I don't like people that like bet like three X, four X cards. Like yeah, it, just throw it, shit it at the wall yep. off. But I might be a little below this week. But I don't even know who I would bet, so I got to figure it out. I will figure it out. But I'm just glad I got my article in and have two guys I'm pretty confident in. There you go. Yeah, and I'm pissed if I had that that Hovland twenty two twenty five that that would have fit yeah. perfectly on the card, yep. but I missed yep. that. So oh well. All right, but as always, you can check out ProGolfNow.com. I have my course preview up there. I will have the Dark Horse article also, and then TheHelmSports.com. I just did a quick write-up of basically the top 20 guys in in the odds on DraftKings, their recent major history over the last three years, and then I will have the Hardcore Parkour out there tomorrow night, so check that out. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Going to be a great week. Interesting new course. U.S. Open's always fun. Father's Day, love it. But that'll do it. And as always, remember, Stefan out there.